ESPN 94.1 FM at 8 and 930 present The Drive. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Local then, local now. Never FDIC. It is Thursday, September 24th. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. You can join the program by calling the Miller Lite phone lines at 877-420-TALK. That is 877-420-8255. Miller Lite, hold true, great taste, only 96 calories. It is the original light beer. We got a lot to get into this afternoon, and I invite you to join me on those phone lines. Or, of course, you can find me on Twitter at Paul Swan. We don't have Marshall for another couple of weeks unless we get an announcement coming up maybe today, maybe tomorrow. I don't know. Marshall's trying to find a game. But if we don't have a game, of course, that means we're going to have a couple more weeks before we can talk about another game, and that'll be with Western Kentucky. So stay tuned for that. Maybe we'll find something out here the next day or so. I would think if you're going to have a game, you're going to find out sooner. I don't think you're going to do it any time here in next day or so, you're not going to put your team in that kind of situation. So, yeah, maybe we'll see a game later on in the schedule, but I hate to have this kind of gap for the Thundering Herd. With that said, though, some good news coming for the Thundering Herd, Appalachian State, of course. This is a team we said that's going to have a really good offense. They averaged 38.8 points a game last season. They had 35 in their opener against Charlotte, and Marshall shut them down. 17-7 victory. Devontae Beckett getting a lot of love. Well, guess what? So does Brad Lambert, Athlon Sports Coordinator of the Week, according to that publication. They cite in their reasoning for the award, the Thundering Herd allowed seven points and limited the Appalachian State offense to just 5.1 yards a snap and a 17-7 victory. Lambert's group held the Mountaineers to just 96 yards on the ground, recorded three sacks and forced two Turnovers inside the red zone. So, Athlon Sports Coordinator of the Week on the defensive side of the ball goes to Brad Lambert. So, you know what? Coaches get awards, too. And so, that's what we've got. We've also got coming up tonight, Thursday Night Football. All you need to know for this one, if you're a fantasy football player, all you need to know in this one is Gardner Minshew has thrown three pass touchdowns in three straight games, which is a Jaguars franchise record. Minshew and Russell Wilson are the only quarterbacks with three pass touchdowns in each of the first two weeks this season. So that's all you need to know as far as fantasy football is concerned. Also, if you're a better, Miami is currently listed as the betting underdog. It's the 20th straight game. Miami is an underdog, the longest streak in franchise history. You remember when Miami was a sure thing to win? And now the Jaguars are going to come in and probably Gardner Minshew is going to have three or four touchdowns on them. Remember back in the day, Miami used to be, I mean, come on, Don Shula, the Miami Dolphins. One of the greatest franchises of all time. One of the greatest Super Bowl teams of all time. Undefeated. All the way to and through the Super Bowl. No other team can say that. The Patriots came close, but no other team can say that. And now, the dog in 20 straight games. That's not good. Not good at all for the Miami Dolphins. Uh, Last night, the NBA took center stage. And let me tell you, If you're looking for a hero, Tyler Hero is your guy. 
The Heat are now 3-1 and one in the series. They're 1-1 away from their first finals appearance since 2014. Why? Because they were holding on for a hero, and they got him. 37 points, the most points off the bench by a rookie in playoff history. Off the bench he came. 37 points are tied for the fifth most by any player off the bench in a playoff game since 1971. The Elias Sports Bureau verifying that. 37 points are the second most by a player age 20 or younger in playoff history. Only my guy, I'm a Lakers fan, Magic Johnson has more. 42 in 1980, the finals. 42. That's pretty good. Magic Johnson, 42 in 1980. 37, 42. That's pretty close. 37 points of the third most by a rookie against the Celtics in a playoff game all time. Only Wilt Chamberlain had more. 50 and 42, by the way. He had a 50-point performance and a 42-point performance. I mean, come on. If, if you're... Behind Wilt Chamberlain in any statistic, and you're close, that's saying something right there. Wilt's the man. I mean, they had to change the rules. I mean, how much of an impact do you have on the game when they change the rules because of you? That's how dominating Wilt Chamberlain was. Also, Tyler Hero's performance. He scored 17 points in the fourth quarter, the fourth rookie to score at least 17 points in a fourth quarter of a playoff game since play-by-play was first tracked. In 1997, joining Tim Duncan, Kobe Bryant, and Daniel Gibson. I mean, you're in the same breath as Tim Duncan and Kobe Bryant? Yeah, again. I mean, that's uh, that's pretty rarefied air right there. Uh, you look at his performance, he was 9 of 11, 82% from 2, and 5 of 10, that's 50% from the three-point line. According to Elias, he's the first player to shoot 80% from 2, and 50% from three in a playoff game in NBA history. The minimum there is 20 field goals attempted. He had an effective field goal percentage of 78.6%. Again, according to Elias, that's the highest percentage by a rookie in a playoff game in the shot clock era. That is since 1955. And again, the minimum here being 20 field goals attempted. So yesterday... My social media feed was blowing up. I knew the Heat and the Celtics game, something had to be exciting. So after the hockey game was over, I fly over to watch the final there. because, And I should have tuned away sooner. It's on me, but I hadn't really sat down and just watched fully the last few games from beginning to end. I hadn't watched the hockey game beginning to end. And so I decided last night I'm going to do that. Okay. Lakers play tomorrow night. This was last night. Thursday night football. Okay, I'm going to watch this. I'm just going to go through it. And I'm rooting for the Lightning. Again, I'm a New York Rangers fan, so I've got to find some team to root for. And uh, when it comes to fantasy hockey, the Lightning always take good care of me. And so I'm partial to the Lightning on the east of this division between east and west coast teams. And you have five different Lightning players score a goal in that game three. Braden Point got a goal. Victor Hedman got a goal. This is crazy. You've got a team now which has three guys with 10 goals this postseason, making Tampa Bay the third team with three 10-goal scores in a single postseason since the year 2000. 
And the good news is the previous two went on to win the Stanley Cup. If you do the math, the winner of Game 3 and a tied best-of-seven Stanley Cup final has gone on to claim the championship and 22 of the previous 29 instances. However, in four of the past five instances, the loser of Game 3 rallied to win the Cup. So, hey, we might have a series here. Who knows? What was really exciting was Steven Stamkos. I would have loved to heard a crowd, an actual crowd, at that game last night. Because Steven Stamkos played in his first game since February 25th. And he scored in the first period. First shot, too. And again, going back to, because I love the metrics here, I love the numbers. According to Elias, he is the second player in NHL history to play his first game of a given postseason in the Stanley Cup and score a goal in that same game. The other, I go back in a wayback machine here. Billy Taylor did it with the Maple Leafs in 1940. I was not around in 1940. So Mr. Peabody and I are going to go in the wayback machine and, and watch that one. Now, with the 10th goal of the postseason, with his 10th goal, again, Tampa was lightening it up last night. Victor Hedeman became the third defenseman with 10 goals in a single postseason in NHL history. So the Stanley Cup's off tonight. In the NBA, you've got the Lakers and the Denver Nuggets. That's happening tonight here on ESPN 94.1. We've got Thursday night football. Again, Gardner Minshew, if you've got him on your fantasy team, he's going to score at least three touchdowns. Guaranteed. And it's against Miami. Miami's a dog in this. So if you've got Gardner Minshew, you should be fine in your fantasy matchup tonight. So, by the way, if you've got fantasy teams, check your lineup. It is Thursday, so you need to check your lineup. Make sure that you're in good shape for tonight. You know what? I think we're just going to remind you every Thursday. Check your fantasy lineup. Just make sure that you've got everything you need to start the week off right. And I got pulled into it. I got to remind myself, really. I got pulled into it. I was going to do the office pool, but I said, no, I really don't need a second job. And technically, it would be like a third or fourth or fifth job. I don't need... Because I lived every day on the phone, on the app, when I was doing fantasy hockey, and it paid off. I won. Despite the COVID-19, I finished first place in the in the league. I'd lost twice, but I, I got those games back. I, I avenged those losses. So I was head and shoulders the best team in the fantasy hockey league, and it was like a full-time job for me every day. Every night, I'm like, okay, watching hockey. That's fine. That's what I love to do. But I'm watching games. I'm I'm checking the waiver wire because we were pretty much a bloodthirsty league. We were, there was no really waiver wait time. I mean, you saw a player and they were available. You grabbed them. You grabbed them. There was no waiting the next day and see if that player cleared waivers. There was no waited, nothing. No, no. So I get talked into this fantasy football league. I'm like, okay, I'll do it. I probably don't know anyone in it, and I'm fine. I'm going to be happy. I just go out, play, have some fun. I haven't played fantasy football in a few years, so this will be okay. And then I find out, no, you know half the league. Oh, great. That's fantastic. 
Okay, so now I have another job, and I'm playing fantasy football again. So every Thursday, we're going to remind you what you need to know to start your fantasy football week off right. And I'm just going to tell you right now, Gardner Minshew, if you got lucky, you picked him up, start him. He will get you three touchdowns tonight. I guarantee it. And if he doesn't, don't blame me. This is not sanctioned advice by any stretch of the imagination. So there you go. Now you know what you need to know. That game tonight right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. We will get your phone calls in. 877-420-TALK. That is 877-420-8255. Social media on Twitter, at Paul Swan. You can find me there. We will continue on. Uh, Some news coming out of Conference USA. Uh, We'll look a little bit ahead to some of those matchups. If we have a matchup, when we continue with today's edition, it's The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Never miss a moment of The Drive with Paul Swan. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Welcome back to today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. University of Texas at El Paso, UTEP. Report coming out. They've had to eliminate or leave positions unfilled due to budget constraints caused by the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, This is coming out of their athletic department. Their their athletic director, Jim Center, said this yesterday. UTEP said all athletics employees will be taking furloughs over the course of the 2020-2021 athletics year between now and And August 31st, 2021, men's basketball head coach Rodney Terry and football head coach Dana Dimmel have accepted salary reductions for the 2021 athletics years, according to UTEP. Uh, Here's the quote. This is uh, coming out of CBS4 Local. The COVID-19 pandemic has presented us with a significant reduction in revenue. This is according to Center. We feel for all of our employees that are impacted by these decisions, which are difficult and unfortunate, but ultimately necessary during these turbulent times. I'm waiting to see it happen more and more. It feels like it already is, but I'm waiting to see it happen more and more. I mean, Ohio State's making a correction or Ohio State's making an adjustment and how they're handling the revenue shortfall, of course, UTEP's athletic budget and their revenue is completely different. We're talking apples and oranges here compared to one another. But still, we're seeing athletics starting to make some cuts and, and look at how they spend their money again. Here is the big, I think, here's the, the big takeaway from this. is athletic departments are structured in so many ways to bring in and whatever the athletic department brings in, that money is being either spent to cover the budget or it's being put right back into investment. And I'm not talking money markets. I'm talking facilities. You're always upgrading your facilities. You're always trying to do something different. You know, you've got marketing at costs. You've got coaching. You've got to figure out how to afford all of this. And there is not really an opportunity to save some money. I'm just I'm rolling dice here. I'm not privy to all the inner workings of each athletic department in um, in or across the country. But 
if you're bringing in all that kind of money, but you're spending all that kind of money at the same time, you don't have a nest egg. You don't have a rainy day fund. You don't have something that you can fall back on when revenue drops a little bit. And so you're seeing athletic departments living year by year, budget by budget, because the money just keeps coming in. It, it prints itself, depending on where you're at as far as a school's concern, where you're at on the hierarchy here, or just where you're at, period. If you're bringing in 100,000 fans and you're bringing in all that revenue, and then you're not bringing in 100,000 fans. You're losing some serious revenue. I thought what Marshall did was pretty good. Okay, we're gonna we're not gonna get all the revenue we usually get, so we're going to space it out a little bit. Have some fans in the stadium. Some places can, some places can't. Marshall's fortunate as an institution to be allowed to have some limited fan attendance here, and you can do it as far as outside's concerned. You have less concern. I mean, you still have concern. Don't let me wrong. You still have concern, but there's less concern than, say, basketball. Because when basketball season rolls around, there's more concern that, okay, you're going to have 1,000, 2,000 people. Maybe that number, just guessing here, maybe half of your season ticket holders, I don't know. In the the arena, it's going to be a a confined space. Are you going to be able to pull that off? With football, you could probably get away with what you're doing right now and you feel a little comfortable about it with basketball. Are you going to be able to socially distance properly? Are you going to be able to be able really to put all these people in a, a small confined space? And of course, you know, we're going to have, I guess, people be closer to the student athletes. I mean, let's face it, you're, you're on a basketball court. You're not that far from people compared, relatively speaking, than football. I mean, football, we've got a bit of a distance here between you and the team. In basketball, the distance isn't that great. And, of course, we're doing this day by day. It's so fluid. And you're seeing now the concept of, okay, maybe there's going to be some bubbles Maybe some schools are going to have bubbles where teams come in, they bubble up, they get some games in, then they get out of there. Marshall, will Marshall be able to do that? I mean, will Conference USA allow Marshall and its member institutions to play? Will there be a reduced schedule? Will Marshall go with the reduced schedule? Because basically, if you look at the way this is going to be stacked, you just you lop off all the games ahead, and then you start to see, okay, we start on November 25th, we go with our schedule, but then the other schools have got to adjust as well. And so next thing you know, maybe Marshall's getting lopped off a schedule here or two. I mean, keep that in mind. It's really going to be interesting to see how these schedules are made and how they are rearranged and what it's going to look like as far as you're going to be playing basketball games, but will you have fans in the stands? And what will the numbers be if you have them? Will it be 1,000? Will it be less than that? Will it be more? And you're trying to do all this to keep your players safe, keep everyone healthy, at the same time, not lose as much revenue. And right now, if you're a team based in Texas, it's kind of probably tough going right now. I mean, look at Houston. Houston hasn't played a football game yet. Rice, of course, that has um, 
hampered the herd a little bit here with that game being taken off the schedule for the time being. And we keep waiting every week to see which game schedule is going to be taken off. So far, Marshall has been fortunate with the two games. Got them in, no problems. The Rice game, a problem. Now you're just waiting to see if they can replace that game or if you're going to just have to go and move ahead and get ready for Western Kentucky three weeks before you play a game again. And that's the dilemma there. It's not the fact that you got to wait. It's you got to wait and you don't have the opportunity to just go out and play. I mean, the health of these young men will be fine. The physical part of this will be fine. Seriously, they'll, they'll practice, they'll rest up, they'll heal, they'll study film, they'll work on themselves, and all of that's great, but they're going to have to do that again and then do that again. And then you'll get into game week finally. And then you got, if everything goes well, you're going to have at least four straight. Maybe you fill that November 7th slot. There's talk of that, but you fill that slot. But you've got two games on the road, then you've got three of the next four at home. And if you find a game to replace that Rice game, is that going to be a home game or a road game? Nobody knows. That's the dilemma we're looking at right now. 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. More on the way when we continue with today's edition of The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We're taking Paul Swan everywhere. Download or subscribe to The Drive with Paul Swan on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Marshall doesn't have a game this weekend. And as of right now, Marshall doesn't have a game the following weekend. But if you're looking for college football action and you want to stay in Conference USA, UAB will play its third straight Thursday night game. The Blazers taking a road trip downstate. They're going to face off against South Alabama and Mobile for the first time. Game is coming up tonight, 8 o'clock on ESPN. This one, if you're not into the football game tonight for Monday night, I'm sorry, for Thursday night football, NFL, you're not into that one tonight. You got an interesting game here. UAB pass defense, pretty good, but you've got a Jaguar squad. They're sixth in the nation in passing offense. They're averaging 342 yards per game through the air. So this one's interesting tonight. You look at what this team looks like matchup-wise. Again, I know you don't have a game tonight, but if you're looking for college football, here it is. Here it is. UAB, 29.5 points per game, giving up 33. And, of course, some of that's skewed because they played Miami. And they lost to Miami 31-14. UAB is gaining 215.5 yards passing a contest. And they are rushing the ball for 156.5 yards a game. So they're gaining 372 yards per contest. On the other side of this, South Alabama. And here's where it might be fun tonight. Just kind of get a an idea of what UAB looks like and, and see some fireworks. South Alabama, they're averaging 28 points a game. And they're giving up 24. But they gain on the ground 114. Okay, that's not bad. That's okay. Passing yards, though, 342. 
So they're averaging 456 yards a contest. And they're also giving up a lot of yards. They're giving up 401 and a half yards a game. You can pass on this team. They give up 252 and a half in, on the, uh, you know, in the air. On the ground, they're giving up 149. I like UAB in this one. I'm serious. Give me UAB in this contest tonight. The spread is minus 7 for UAB. The money line is minus 280. The over-under is 47. That's what the over-under is here tonight in this contest. And you look at what they've been able to do. UAB, I think, is going to win this game. I, I really, they're, they're one of those quality programs that had to rebuild but did it right because after UAB said no football, you found out, well, wait a minute. No, no, we like this football thing here. We like this. And so they're doing pretty good right now as a, as a program at Conference USA. I'm going to watch this one. I think I am 7.30 tonight, ESPN. Yeah, I think I'm watching this one tonight. Um, conference notes say 7 p.m., which is 8. So I think that's kick because i got to convert from Central to Eastern. And uh, ESPN has it at 7.30 p.m. So tune in at 7.30. Just tune in at 7.30 tonight. There you, be, there you go. 8 o'clock kick, I think. Again, I've got two different places. i got ESPN with 7.30. You know, I'm just – I want to make sure you have all the information you need to make a proper choice in your viewing activities tonight. But Matchup Predictor has UAB winning this by almost 70%. Okay, uh, obviously you're going to take UAB in this one. This is according to ESPN's Football Power Index. And, hey, it's, it's all we got. It's all we got right now. You can watch... You can watch some NBA. You got that. You got Thursday night football. You can do that. And you can, of course, listen to that one right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. You got that. That's an opportunity for you. You can scout UAB. That I think that matchup's happening somewhere. Marshall will play them. I think that's the matchup that's happening. Because... The game on the 10th with Rice is postponed. And you look at the herd schedule. Like, okay, where can the two teams play? Where can the two teams play? Well, they both have an open date on the 7th of November. So that's a possibility right there. I mean, it's, it's not in stone. It's not official. It, it hasn't been told to me. But... I'm looking at schedules. I'm looking at open dates. I'm looking at Conference USA. Maybe that happens. Maybe you, you make that happen, right? Maybe you make that game happen. I'd be okay with that on the schedule, by the way. I really would. Seriously, I, I think Marshall should. I would love to see Marshall play UAB and Southern Miss a lot more. Honestly, I really believe that that shouldn't happen a lot more. But FAU, they don't have a game because South Florida is pausing football and postponing Saturday's game against FAU. And, of course, 
FAU and Georgia Southern postponed over positive tests. So I don't know if FAU is going to be able to get a game going. I mean, seriously, I don't know if they're going to be able to get a game going. And then you got Charlotte. They're playing Charlotte on the third. I was kind of hoping that maybe, just maybe, something to open up and maybe you get sort of a, 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 a revamped schedule here. Get Marshall that that one more game. So I've been looking at conference schedules every day. Okay, who's postponing? Which team is going to – which team can play and which team can't? I'm sure Mike Hamrick's doing that as well. Or at least he's looking at interest, the schedule, checking the news as well, making some phone calls. Hey, we need a game. What can you do? And every time a game gets postponed, you look at the other team and go, okay, is that a, is that a game we can make happen? Can we make that? Can you make the trip to Huntington? That's probably the other thing right there. Conference, it, since it's a conference game, do you look at the conference and lean on them a little bit and say, look, it's a home game. We're out of home game here. Can you make can you make us a little bit better here? Because I don't know if you're – do you do you take that open date and do you go on the road if you're Marshall at this point? Do you go on the road? I mean, you're going to get right into conference play and there's really nobody else out there. So do you – do you hop on the bus? Do you take that trip? Do you go on the road and and take a, a game to fill a date? Or do you wait and see what the conference is going to do? And, of course, again, I'm not privy to any of those conversations, but I'm sure they're being had. As it stands right now, you got six more games on the schedule. You end up with eight. That's okay. You'd like to have nine at least. We'll get your phone calls in, 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. More coming up. It's The Drive, ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. The Drive with Paul Swan. Marshall Athletic Director Mike Hamrick. He knows. Paul's the best. On ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We're presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Welcome back to today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. And, of course, my good friend Mike Hamrick is, I'm sure, working very hard to find a replacement game, see if a game could be scheduled for October 3rd and I'm schedule watching, and I'm hoping that I can make this game happen, at least in my mind. You know North Texas, not playing Houston. Again, COVID. And on the 3rd, on the 3rd, Southern Miss is scheduled to be at North Texas. Now, what if North Texas can't go? And how soon do you need to know that you don't have a game? What's, what's the cutoff date? If it's, okay, we tested on Wednesday and we had a positive test on Thursday, so we're not coming on Saturday, that's one thing here. But if you have a lot of players that have tested positive or you're quarantining, do you know ahead of time, okay, we're not going to be able to play the next two weeks? So if North Texas isn't playing, does that carry over to the game against Southern Miss on the 3rd? And if that does... Then Southern Miss needs a game. Marshall, October 3rd, could use a game. Southern Miss was already traveling to North Texas. Come on. You can't tell me that it wouldn't be a better trip to come to Huntington? Seriously. I would hope that scenario. Again, I I am not privy to any conversations, any of the inner workings of what's happening. And if I was, I probably would be able to tell you anyway because there would be a under pain of death, me revealing any of this. But since that's not the case, I can speculate. 
And I would think that if you've got a, a open, you've got two conference teams that can't play, like North Texas can't play, already had to call off the game against Houston. So North Texas can't play, and they can't play against Southern Miss. I mean, make that game happen. Seriously, could you not make that game happen? And I'm, I'm sure you're going to see this schedule become more fluid as we continue on. You know, so far, all looks well with Western Kentucky. We're a few weeks out, but on the 10th, we've got a game with Western Kentucky broadcast on stadium. Until then, you don't have a game, but that's what I'm doing. Let's look at the schedules, and I'm sure you're looking at schedules as well, thinking, okay, here's an opening. Can the herd get that opening? Can the herd squeeze in there and, and play that game? I mean, that's that's completely what I'm thinking about, trying to find – because Marshall's ranked now. Here's – that's the thing. You want the game for several reasons. One, you don't want to be off that long – and you worry about the kids and the, their well-being. They're just sitting and waiting, and I get all of that completely. And I'm, I'm with you there. You just got to wait for three weeks before you can play a game. And then you look at Marshall. Marshall's ranked. So you want to be seen, and you want to be seen. And if you win, you win convincingly, then you get to keep that ranking. You, you don't want to drop off, hey, you know what? They've dropped off. We haven't seen them in a few weeks, so I'm still giving them votes, but I'm not maybe putting them in. I mean, it's nice to be in the receiving votes category, but you're in the top 25 now, and you'd like to see Marshall rise a little bit. Now, I don't have any – I'm not even thinking that they're going to get really high right now because just the way the whole scheduling is happening, and, of course, you got the SEC – finally coming back, and the Big Ten's going to jump in there. and So you've got a lot of teams competing again for spots, and so Marshall might be ranked and then maybe in the receiving votes category as some other teams enter the fray, or you know, voters might say, hey, you know what, this Marshall team looks pretty good, actually. We're going to keep them here. I mean, you got so many opportunities here to, to take advantage of this if you continue on, but Again, I, I want Marshall to be in the best position possible because if you're going to play this playoff, if you're going to do this, and if Marshall can get through this season unscathed on the football field and with the COVID, if Marshall can get through this, I mean, Marshall's going to put itself in a pretty good position here. I mean, you don't know what's going to happen with the other unranked teams and what the ranked teams are going to look like and the group of five. You don't know what all of that's going to look like. I mean, you could have some pretty big upsets. You could have some you know, business as usual. But if Marshall can stay, and again, all of that gets thrown out because the, the selection committee could just come in and say, you know, yeah, no, it looks nice on paper, but we're not going that direction because those numbers then – Whatever happens nullifies. Have you ever noticed whatever your your football playoff ranking is, is your ranking when it comes out? You could be number 10. You, Marshall could be 10th. Football playoff rankings come out and Marshall is 15th, and then all of a sudden everyone accepts that, okay, that's 15. Same thing. You could be, you could be ranked 25th. 
and then the football rankings come out, and you're ranked 18th. Your ranking, all of a sudden, you jump. Well, I'm taking that. Or some schools will they'll take the highest ranking. So if Marshall's ranked 10th in the AP poll, 11th in the coaches poll, some schools will take 10, 11, put them in the game notes. Some schools will, hey, no, look, Thundering Herd, 10th ranked team in the country. What, they're 11th over here? Nope, 10th. Says right here, 10th. And schools do that. But all those numbers get nullified when the playoff selection committee comes out with their rankings. And again, those rankings are based on what they've seen, and it's for seeding purposes only to seed the playoffs, and everything else gets taken as gospel. So that's why I want to see Marshall at least in the conversation. If Marshall's a top 25 team, if Marshall's a team receiving votes, then more people will be compelled to look at them to evaluate them, not just from the fan standpoint, but from the media standpoint. I mean, that's the game here. You want to try to keep your team visible as well as physically fit, as well as mentally healthy, and you want to do all of this as safely as you possibly can because you're trying to mitigate, and if not mitigate, you're trying to prevent anyone on your team from catching covid because you accept that there is a risk, but at the same time, here are the things you put in place to make sure that you minimize the chance of exposure or you mitigate anything that happens. And again, football players wearing their masks, media members wearing our masks, support staff wearing masks, fans asked to wear masks because you're being allowed to go in the stadium. And you know what? I know a lot more people would like to be there, but the ones that are fortunate enough to go – keep doing the right things, get to see more Marshall football, Marshall keeps winning, more people will talk about Marshall football. That's where we're at with that. And it's just going to be so fluid. I can't even say what's going to happen with basketball. I don't even want to guess. And I've asked like a couple questions, like, hey, what's going on here? And it's like, no, we, we got nothing. There's no answers here right now because this is still so new. And with, honestly, with flu season coming, then that's going to be a real kick in the pants because you're going to have flu season. You're going to have the possibility of increased uh, spread of COVID-19. You've got all of that mixing up into one nice little Petri dish and the fear that if you're inside, you're going to have more of a chance to be exposed where in the outside you, you lessen your exposure opportunities and are you going to be able to have a thousand fans and, and you're going to have more? Will people be spread out in the lower bowl only? Will you take advantage of the seats up above? Those aren't chair backs. Will you have to have put temporary chair backs in? And you know, it's a pretty big walk here if you're going from the top to the bottom here. So if you want to go to get a concession, go into the big green room. Uh, what? The long walk. So many questions, so many reasons for people to be upset or, hey, look, I'm not doing that. Or, hey, I'll do it because I want to see the herd play basketball. Just don't know. And with that said, we're going to call it a day. Don't forget, coming up tonight, we have got Thursday Night Football. All you need to know is if you're playing fantasy football, all you need to know. Start the big man. Start Gardner Minshew. That's all you need to know. Three touchdowns. Guarantee it's going to happen tonight.
trust me on that one. Trust me. I would not lie to you. And that is where we'll end it. Back tomorrow, we've got high school football. Huntington High is in action tomorrow. Believe it or not, we do have a team in Campbell County in action. We'll take a look at what the Highlanders are doing and all the other area teams when we come back on the Friday edition. Thanks for tuning in back tomorrow here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. WRBC Huntington, W227BS Huntington, your flagship home of the Marshall Thundering Herd and The Drive with Paul Swan, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.